Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this morning. We ask you to guide us, to lead us through your word. Let us not be the same in the name of Jesus. I praise you for your, your presence, for your spirit that is here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Turn with me to First Peter chapter 2. Um, I want to read First Peter chapter 2, verse number 24 and 5. Who his own self bear our sins in, our, in his own body to the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Verse 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but now are returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Amen. I want to share with you for the next few weeks a short series on how to relate with your pastor. How to relate with your pastor. So, I would like to use Jesus as the uh, example because the Bible calls him in several places the shepherd or the bishop of our souls. Amen. So, you see in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, it says, For you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 5. And, um, and here you get, there again you see Jesus described as a shepherd. Uh, the shepherd is basically a pastor. And um, Jesus was the best example of a pastor. And so I'm just reading these scriptures as a background for you to see that Jesus was really a pastor or a shepherd. Now, you, God raises up people who have the ability to stay in one place for a long time and preach to the same people and live with them and experience the things they experience under the same conditions which they are uh, experiencing those things, uh, have the same trials, problems, etc., and still continue to be there with the people for many years. And uh, that is a pastor. That's different from an evangelist or a prophet who just comes around, does not know about any other 
real life situations that are going on and he ministers very powerfully everybody is blessed and then he goes away quickly before any problems come up <laughs> so that's the difference between a pastor and then all the other ministries amen. amen and so because of that it's more difficult sometimes or more tricky i should say to relate with your pastor that's why i'm teaching you how to relate with your pastor 10 steps on how to relate with your pastor all right so first peter chapter 5 verse 1 it says the elders which are among you i exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the good sufferings of christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed feed the flock which is among you taking the oversight thereof not by constraint but willingly not for filthy lucre but of a ready mind neither as being lords over god's heritage but being examples to the flock verse 4 and when the chief shepherd shall appear you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away amen. amen this verse is saying when the chief shepherd again we know that the chief shepherd here is referring to who it's referring to who it's referring to the lord jesus as the chief shepherd amen so once again you see that jesus is the best example of a shepherd or a pastor and throughout his life and ministry as jesus related to a group of people you'll find out some people related with him in a particular way others related with him in another way and at the end of the day some were blessed some were not really blessed and uh, we all we just have these stories to read about and to see whether indeed uh, we would have been like this group or like that group or like that group if we were alive at the time amen john chapter 10 please turn with me i'm just establishing the fact that jesus was a pastor amen a pastor is basically a shepherd a pastor is a shepherd all right john chapter 10 and we want to read uh the famous verse in verse 10 the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy but i am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly verse number 11 i am the good shepherd did you see that let's all read it together i am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep amen um, and then in verse 11 he says but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd in other words somebody who is doing it because he's been hired or being paid to do it whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf come in and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep the hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and he careth not for the sheep verse 14 i am the good shepherd again and i know my sheep and i am known of mine amen verse 16 in verse 16 he establishes the reality of uh, being able to minister and have uh, churches or sheep who are not physically where you are and the what we call remote pastoring in verse 16 he says and other sheep i have which are not of this fold 
Them also I must bring that they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Again he says I must get these other sheep and bring them and they shall hear my voice. So the main thing that you find the shepherd doing is he's ministering and the sheep are listening to God's voice through the shepherd. Amen. So right there you see God Jesus likens himself to a shepherd and says he is a good shepherd and he says it twice that he is a very good shepherd, a good pastor. All right? And then you and I are likened to sheep. Amen. Now in one of the verses we read in 1 Peter chapter 5, let's turn back to 1 Peter chapter 5. Please turn with me in your Bibles. I believe you all brought Bibles to church. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse number 4. It says, and when the chief shepherd shall arise, or shall come, all right, shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. In other words, there is, Jesus is describing himself here not just as a shepherd, but as the chief of the shepherds. In other words, there are other shepherds, somebody may call them sub-chiefs. Or under chief shepherds so or under shepherds whatever name you want to give so you realize that Jesus has sheep and he is the chief of the shepherds of the pastors now if you go into any part of the world which I really began to see more and more of as I travel a bit more I found out that there are congregations like this uh, all over the world with pastors all over the world some of the pastors have been around for many 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 years i was with a pastor from um, pakistan or i think it's pakistan uh and he, he he had been in the ministry he said i mean he said i'm tired you know i've been pastoring this church for 50 years uh, he's got the largest church or so there i'm not sure whether it's pakistan but one of the indian countries not India, but one of those countries. And um, he's been at it for many, many, many years. The same place, the same people, preaching to them, pastoring them, and so on. Now, I'm, I want you to understand this. God has different types of ministers. Not everybody is a pastor, although generally in our you know, 20th century language or 21st century language in Ghana, when you say somebody is a pastor, right, we mean that the person is a minister. But there are different types of ministers all right and the bible gives us five main types there are others you know but some of the main ones that you have the apostle the evangelist the prophet the pastor the teacher the apostle establishes churches and can do all the things that the others do so when you have an apostle at times you may think he's a very good pastor at other times you may think he's a very good teacher at other times you may think he's a very good evangelist at other times you may think he's a very anointed prophet at other times you may think he's a very good teacher and so on but it's because he's an apostle and that is and god uses him depending on which area needs to be manifested more to establish the church he is he flows in that area all right now the prophet is someone who sees visions and dreams and uh, he sees things that you and i don't you you don't see or you and i don't see or the ordinary person doesn't see and so he speaks from that point of view uh from what he has seen and from what the Lord has shown him and so sometimes 
you have prophets who even teach extensively based on what they have seen supernaturally they don't teach so much based on what they read in the Bible but they take they teach what is in the Bible based on what has been revealed to them a prophet can be ministering like a ministry now and you will see an angel or angels in the congregation in the room they see visions dreams etc and they know things which we don't know sometimes they they see somebody and they have a video of the person yesterday or something like that it's like a video very fast but it happens and there are many many great prophets whom God is raising up and it's it's a different man now these prophets are not pastors you see the the shepherd, the shepherd gives his life for the sheep and so on but the prophet is concerned about God and what God is saying and so you will notice the common phrase in prophetic uh, teachings and so on is that says the Lord this is what the Lord says you know this is what God is saying this is what whatever but you find the pastor is more concerned about helping the people and uh, not what the Lord is saying but what you need there's a difference between what the Lord is saying maybe right now then the Lord may be saying you know he's calling the church to uh, repentance he's calling the church to this he's calling it but maybe you need to know seven steps on how to be a permanent member this is going to help your life so that is what the pastor will be the prophet will come and be on another dimension altogether the evangelist also travels around he preaches the word he does miracles and so on now for those of us who are pastors or for people who are pastors uh, there are also special people who are raised up by God to stay with people and to go through life with the people sometimes the pastors will be seen very clearly to have the same problems that the others have there are churches where the pastors don't have children and they preach to the congregation and encourage them and pray for them to also have children and to bear fruit and so on and you can see very clearly that although this person is a pastor or is a man of God or whatever he himself has not been able to have a child you see that all, all that is show, all that is all that that is saying is that he's also a human being also believing God for a miracle just like you but you see the ability to stay are you understanding what I'm saying with the same people and you are preaching to them all the time you know because some people have you know everybody has a set of stories and a set of jokes and when they are finished they are finished because you have had one life you've had only a certain number of stories you've seen only a certain number of things so when you've told your testimonies at a point the stories are finished the testimonies are over you understand what I'm saying so some people only know how to go to a new place and start and as they minister the people are blessed but the pastor can be with you on and 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 on you see sometimes with the same stories sometimes a new one may come etc etc but he's the pastor and he's preaching and he's preaching and I remember one time Yongicho was saying you know the evangelist come to the church and go he said that the evangelist will come when the evangelist comes you say that God is going to heal everybody tonight God is going to God is going to receive your blessing but when he goes you know then he the pastor he is left with a lot of people who have not been healed and he has to be with them and solve all their problems do you understand what I'm saying so uh, 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 that is a pastor's work and when you go around and you ask how many want to be pastors many people will say they don't want to be pastors they prefer to be something else we did it once at a camp and and found out that very few people wanted to be pastors people wanted to be teachers apostles prophets evangelists but not pastors 
So, but anyway, I believe that the pastoral work is very important because without the pastoral work and without us having pastors, we will never really get to where we are supposed to get to. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Please respond when I speak. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Very good. So, God is now trying to show us how to relate with pastors. Now, the reason why I would even teach how to relate with your pastor and not how to relate with your prophet or how to relate with your evangelist or how to relate with your teacher or whatever is that is because you won't have to relate with them. You won't have to relate with all that you have to do is to receive from them and they are gone. Before you can even relate with them, they are gone. One man of God told me, he said, I go to a place, I preach once, I preach twice, I preach three days and I'm out of the place. I don't want any trouble. After the third day, I must leave before any problems start to arise in the church. Are you listening to me? So, the point I'm making today is very simple, and that is that it is the pastor you're going to have to learn and know how to relate with. Now, when we do not relate right, in the right way with the pastor, in the end, you, the uh, sheep, will suffer. Because, because at the end of the day, um, the, like Jesus said, I have come to be a blessing, etc. But blessed is he that is not offended in me. Amen. Amen. So today I want to share with you how to relate with your pastor. Several things. Alright. Number one. Learn to receive from him, whether you are near or whether you are far. Alright? So you must learn to receive from your pastor whether you are near him or whether you are far from him. Both groups of people can receive. Now, let me say that Jesus had his disciples. Alright? He had the 12 disciples. Are you listening to me? And then he had his 120, he had the 70 whom he sent out. Then he had 120 or so in the upper room. And there were 500 people also who saw him when he rose from the dead. The best miracles are reserved for the eyes of a few, in my opinion. So you find out that apart from the 12, there were the three. And apart from the three, there was Peter. And even apart from Peter, there was John. You get it? Because the relation that Jesus had with Peter was different from the relation that he had with John. Because John was sort of closer to him. That is why when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say to Peter, this is my mother. From today, she's your mother, Peter. And uh, Mary, behold your son, Peter. No, he said that to John. Amen. So even though Peter had that role as the head of the church, there was also John. So you realize that there are differences in the relationship between the shepherd and everybody. Some people are going to be near and some people are going to be a little further, and some are going to be a little more further, and some are going to be even further. You understand what I'm saying? Now, turn with me to First John chapter 1. I want you to notice something right there. Quickly, please. First John chapter 1. It says, and John is now describing the relationship that he had with Christ. It says in First John chapter 1, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm sharing with you today. That's which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. 
For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and which was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now this is John, John the Revelator, writing, you know, I believe. And he's, right, he's saying here, he's saying here, he's describing his relationship with Christ. Notice, amen, notice. Are you there? He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So he heard him. And he said, that which we have seen with our eyes. He saw Christ with his eyes. Not everybody will see Christ with his eyes. And Jesus is our shepherd, is our bishop, he's our chief shepherd, he's our pastor, he's everything to us. But you and I have not seen him with our eyes. But here was somebody who saw him with his eyes. Amen. And he and goes and says, and that which we have looked upon. In other words, they gazed upon Christ. They looked upon him, they marveled, they watched him closely. Jesus slept in their boats. Jesus used their boats. Jesus came to their houses. Jesus ministered to Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. You remember? Because Jesus went to Peter's mother-in-law's house. Jesus stayed at Simon the leper's house. Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house. He ministered to them. He raised Lazarus, their brother, from the dead. There were many people's homes he went to. He helped them. He talked to them. They saw him at close range. They saw him under pressure. They saw him being crucified. They saw him. They, they looked upon him. And he goes on and says, And that which our hands have handled, they touched him. They held him. They felt him. They lay by him. They sat with him. They ate with him. Not everybody will eat with Christ. Have you eaten with Christ? But is he not the shepherd of your soul? Yes. He is the shepherd of your soul. Are you listening to me? So you realize here that here, are, here is somebody describing how close he was to Christ. He, he was there close enough to see, close enough to handle, close enough to look up. I see the way he says looked upon, perhaps if we were to go into the Greek, that word looked upon, because he said we've seen him. Now he says we've looked upon him. You probably find out that it, it means probably they probably looked on him even close, more closely than you know you would you would, you would have expected hallelujah and they they handled him and they were able to relate with him at the end of that relationship they concluded that this is the son of god thou art the christ the son of the living god are you listening to me now if you turn with me to john chapter 20 please turn with me quickly in your bible matthew mark luke john then chapter 1 up to verse 20 I want you to find chapter 20 and verse 19. Then the same day, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst of them. Is Jesus your pastor today? Yeah. I say I'm using Jesus as a prototype, as it were, for you to learn from that. It says, Jesus stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. How many would like that to happen in your house? Jesus would come into your bedroom, walk through the walls, and say, Peace be unto you. Wow. It's happening live. Amen. Amen. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. 
And then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Amen. Amen. Verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. You see, this is the importance of being at, at meetings. When meetings are being held, it's important to come to church. And when, when, when there is a meeting, and it's like it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's not up to you to decide, I'm going to come on Wednesday. I'm not coming on Thursday. Because you see, the blessing can happen on the Tuesday. It could happen on the Thursday. I've been for meetings every time. Sometimes it will be the whole week. And it was the second day that God really blessed me and touched me. Not the first day. Some people say the last day is the best day. I've been to meetings when the last day was the worst day. And the sec second day was the best day for me. So you don't really need to know when God is going to decide that he's going to bless you. Are you listening to me? Then therefore the other disciples, and because of this, Thomas was going to be left out of the Christianity because he, you have to believe that Christ rose from the dead before you be saved. And Thomas said, me, I don't believe. He was about to lose his salvation because he didn't come to church one day. He was about to fall because he didn't come to church one day. He was about to go to hell because he didn't come to church one day. It's as serious as that. Then the other disciples said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, Except I shall see in his hand the print of nails, and put my finger into the print of the nail, and thrust my hand into the side. I saw them putting the spear in the side. I saw them destroying his body. He said, if I, if I don't see that, I will never believe. And after eight days, the Lord didn't mind him for seven days. After eight days again, his disciples were within. And this time Thomas came to church. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace unto you. There he singled out Thomas. And he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger. Behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand. Thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing and Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And verse 29 is the verse I want you to remember. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. You see, Jesus was showing, saying something. He was giving us a very major and important revelation. He said, you have been privileged. You've been privileged to be here. There were 12 of us in this room. And you were one of the 12. You watched me coming through the walls. And you've put your hand in my, in my palm. You've seen how real it is. How real it is that I rose from the dead for you. How real my power. How really I am the son of the living God, the Christ. But not everybody is going to have that privilege. But blessed are those. Blessed and favored and helped and really blessed. To be able not to be so close. To see and to feel and to handle. You see, Thomas said, I must feel it. I don't feel it, I won't believe it. I must see it, otherwise I won't believe it. Now, what I'm saying, I'm saying these things to say that when we put God in a box, do you understand? We cut ourselves out of many blessings. Naaman the Syrian, he went for his healing from Elisha the prophet. And when he came, Elisha was in his house. And they came and told Elisha that there's a man outside, a very important man, he's a leper. 
and so on, but he needs a miracle, etc. And Elisha prayed for a moment and told him, go and tell the man to go and bath in the river seven times. In other words, go into the river, have your bath, come out, dry yourself, put on your clothes, take off your clothes again, go into the river, have another bath, come out, dry yourself, everything, sit down, then go back into the river, take off your clothes, bath, do it seven times. In my river, he specified the river, River Jordan. And the man said, man, I'm not going to do that. Because I thought that he would come out of his house. Even coming out, he didn't come. I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought he would come out of his house. I thought he would, he would, he would slap his hand. He would do something. You see, there is something we expect in our minds. That this is how God is going to come to me through the man of God. But God is trying to show us that you can receive from afar and from near. And there are advantages of receiving from afar and there are advantages of receiving from near. And there are disadvantages from, of receiving from afar and disadvantages of receiving from near. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But blessed is he who is able to receive from the Lord. So, the first way you must relate with your pastor is you must be able to relate whether you are near or whether you are far. Now, who decides whether you are near or whether you are far? Let me tell you. Number one, circumstances decide. Sometimes, sometimes, it's the way things are, you will be close. The way things are, you will not be close. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to show you that you can receive as much from far as you can receive from near. And in fact, even if, if you are near, you are almost in danger of not receiving. Because it is those who are near who are very prone to the sin of familiarity. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing me today? So I am saying to you today that circumstances, sometimes also the personality, some people are forward. They are outgoing. There are some people who come to me and say to me, Bishop, my name is so-and-so. And there are some people, I remember one lady, I asked her name. She said, this is the sixth time you have asked my name. And from that day, I remembered her name. Because, you see, she was almost being a bit rude. But it made me remember her. So I always remember, I always remember, when I see her, I always remember her, her name. <laughs> you get it? But there's, there's not everybody will come out to you like that and make himself or herself known to you in that way. Some people are more reserved. Some people are shy. Some people don't, are not like that. Some people are just happy to be in the church without coming near. They are blessed all right. Amen. So it's more of so many factors that lead to somebody being near. But what I want you to understand is that God pastors you and the Lord will pastor you. Your pastor will pastor you whether you are very near or whether you are far. Now it's very important because as God raises up greater and greater men of God, the churches are going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. You're going to have to know how to be pastored from afar and from near. Somebody said, if somebody wants counseling from me, I will let the person sit in the congregation for six weeks, listen to all the preaching on the Sundays, the weekdays, and other Bible classes. And if after six weeks your problem is not solved, you have not heard the voice of God or the counsel of God in the preaching, then that is only the, the only time that I will sit down with you to see if I need to have a special counseling with you. Wow. 
But as far as it's concerned, within the six weeks, you should have heard from God and received your counseling. <laughs> That's what somebody said. That's how somebody also pastors his church. So what I want you to understand is that you may be far, but you will be able to receive. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. I want you to see some people who were far, but they were able to receive. Now, in, in the days of Jesus, there were some people who, by virtue of their problem, had to be far. You see, like I said, that the circumstances made them stay far off. Are you listening to me? Now, these were lepers. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11, the Bible says, And it came to pass... As he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Verse 17. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now, when you, when you read it, it says, there met him ten men who were lepers. You get the impression that the ten men who were lepers met Jesus. You know, they, they came up to Jesus, all ten of them, and said, Lord, you know, heal us now, the ten lepers. But because they were lepers, they had to be far away. They were outcasts. They were far off. So they met him, and the Bible said they stood far away. You can stand far away and receive your blessing. And then notice, then they lifted up their voices. You see, they had to shout from far. To get the attention of Jesus. Because they were so far. And that's what I want you to understand that whether you are near or whether you are far, you are exposed to the anointing Amen. and the grace of God. Alright? And he says, and he entered into a certain village, all right, and they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. All right. And it goes on to say some other things. But that is enough for us. So right here, you can see that here are people who were far, far, and yet they received from the Lord. So you can be far off like the ten lepers were far away, but you can receive from Jesus. You can receive from your shepherd. You can receive from your pastor. Amen. Now, what is the main thing that is coming to you from your pastor? Is he going to give you chocolate? Is he going to give you Tampico? Is he going to give you Inkatia Boga? What are the things that are coming forth from your pastor which you need? What are the things that are going to bless you that are coming from your pastor? Turn with me to John chapter 10. I want you to look at that very quickly, please. John chapter 10, in verse... Are you there? Amen. All right. Okay. It says in verse 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, John chapter 10 verse 4, He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. His what? His what? His voice. 
You see, for the sheep, the most important thing is the voice of the shepherd. You, you constantly hear the voice of the That is why some people don't understand or know how I am able to pastor the churches that I am pastoring from afar. One of the reasons is because they are constantly hearing my voice. They are constantly listening to the tapes that I, I, I preach. They are constantly listening. So I am their pastor through the voice. You see, the sheep hear the voice and they know where to go because of where the voice is and the voice that they are hearing. So the thing that I am going to be sharing to you is not money. It's not Tampico. It's not in Katia Boga. It's not trophy. It is the word of God. Amen. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 3 very quickly. Jeremiah chapter 3, quickly. And I want you to be underlining, underlining some of these voices, these uh, verses. Sorry. It says in verse 15, I will give you pastors. I will give you what? Pastors after my own heart. Who will do what? Feed you with knowledge and understanding. So right here, you see the main, one of the main things, if not the main thing, which is coming forth from your pastor is knowledge and understanding. So if you want to benefit from the pastor, then expose yourself to his voice. 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 Expose yourself to the knowledge and the understanding which is coming forth from him. Period. Period. Look, I have been, I have been pastored by people I have never met. Oh yes, because I'm, I'm a far. It's by, by virtue of the second. The, the one minister who has had probably the most effect on my life, the single person who has had most effect on my life, probably Kenneth Hagin. Up till today, I feed on his materials, on his voice, on his word. I know his voice. You know, I, if you play a tape and you don't tell me who it is, I know who it, who, it, who it is. I feed on his books. I feed on his tapes. I hear his voice. I listen and I listen and I have, I have met him once and shaken his hand once. That is all. When I met him, hello, um, that was all. And I, I don't even, I was in Tulsa again this year. I didn't, even, I didn't even want to go and see him or say hello to him or meet him. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Because I, I, I am getting what matters. <laughs> I said, I'm getting what matters. What matters is not that he should be my friend. What matters is not that he should come to my house. And what matters is not that he should come to Ghana. What matters is not that he should come to Africa. What matters is not that he should come to, to, to my church. What, what is important for me and what I really need from the shepherd, as it were, or your father, or whatever he is, is the voice of the person. That is why I never separate myself from his voice. When I'm traveling, I, I have tapes. I have books. Nobody is telling me to do it. I enjoy it. It's something I like doing. It's something that I enjoy. It's not something that is like a ritual or something. It's something that I enjoy. I am constantly feeding, 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 feeding. I feed on the word. I hear the voice. The voice is entering into me. Oh, I can remember many years ago as I, as I prayed in Suhum Hospital, praying and praying and praying and waiting on the Lord. And I was listening to a tape that he preached. 
and I was hearing his voice throughout the night. I can play the tape and I'll be asleep and it will be going to and fro, to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. And I remember that night as I listened and I was listening and I fell asleep and I woke up about 2, 3 a.m. As I was hearing and hearing a voice that I knew, the message that I knew, a tape that I knew, but a voice that I knew, see, I know the voice. And as I heard and heard, there's something jumped out of the tape into my spirit. And I heard a voice in the room saying, from today you can teach. From today you can teach. More than 10 years ago. And ladies and gentlemen, I know the effect. You see, so I don't need to meet him. I don't need to him to come and dedicate my church. I don't need him to come to, 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 to my house. I don't need him to, to even know me. I don't need, he doesn't need to know my name. It's a spiritual relationship. Bible says, from henceforth, no, no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see, when you know people after the flesh, you know it differently. But when you know the person from the spiritual point of view, it's a completely different thing. You must know how to be fine to be receiving. And, and, and you, you should see the matter. I have Kenneth Hagin tapes like this. Play, you see, they are my meat, my food. I've not even reached anywhere. I'm soaking. I read the books. Yesterday, as I was flying back from where I went, I was reading his books. I was soaking it. And as I was reading about it, I said, man, man. I was feeding, 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 feeding. You see, sheep feed, sheep feed. That's what you need. And I was feeding, I was soaking and building up myself. Building up myself. Building up myself. Totally being blessed. Being blessed all the That's what you need. You see, that's why I said, you members of the church, members of the church who don't buy their pastor's books. You see, one of the reasons is familiarity. You, 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 are, you are even losing out. Others from outside, I, there are people I meet, they ask me, any book that you write, I want it. <laughs> but and they, are not, they are not members of this church. But outside, you find out people from outside, maybe just like how I'm also from outside, I'm also receiving. Amen. But it, it's wonderful. I Tapes. There are pastors who listen to my tape, not lighthouse pastors, and preach what I preach. Not something that I'm imagining, things that they themselves have told me. So you must know how to receive. You see, let me tell you, by if, if I wanted to counsel every one of you today, I say, okay, after church, I'm going to counsel you till next week. We won't finish. We'll be here. Some of you will be so angry. But I mean, by this evening, you know, you, 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 by this evening, we will not even have gone beyond two rows. Perhaps you are privileged to be near. Perhaps you are far. Whichever one, you can still be blessed. I know that I'm more blessed than some of the students who've gone to Kenneth Higgins Bible School. Because you see, the closer that I have, I've come close to the word. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Although I have not been to the school, it doesn't know my name, it doesn't know as whatever. And I, when I went there once, I was talking to one guy. He said, you know, there are many people like you. They fed off the books and the tapes and they've grown. They are virtually graduates of this school, but they've never been here. <laughs> so, so you must know how to receive. You must know how to receive. Whether you are near or... And you must make yourself someone who is receiving the most important the most important thing from this church is not a sticker the most important thing that you are getting from your pastor is not a sticker it's not a book to put in your bookshelf it's, it's, you see your, your church is not a, it's not a football club 
He said that we belong to Light and where do you belong to? He said that everybody has a political party, a soccer club, and a church. I am this, you are that. In the, when it comes to the church, one to I am here, you are where. When it comes to soccer, okay, I'm a great. Uh, my father was an Olympic supporter, so I'm also Olympic supporter. Olympic supporter, you are has has of folk. You are Kotoko. Okay, when it comes to political party, you are DPP, you are NDC, you are MPP. When it comes to church, okay, you are Lighthouse, you are this, you are Angels Delight. Man, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. The church is not something to say, yeah, Charlie, me, I belong. That's my bishop. No. You are supposed to receive the word. You can have every counseling you need. Counseling, counseling, counseling. When I was in Malaysia, I was talking to Pastor Prince. He's coming here this year when, when we have our international convention. And he was telling me, he said, counseling? He doesn't counsel anybody in the church. He doesn't, I said that his main counseling is the preaching. And, and it's true. Who counsels me? Because I also need counseling. I get a lot of counseling from so many sources. You must know how to be counseled. You say, as I'm preaching now, maybe God is counseling you. Say, this, this, this. Be counseled. God has spoken to you. Sometimes you should go out there and buy tapes. We are supposed to have a catalog. Soon there will be a catalog from next week to be there. You can look through and see whatever you want. You can buy. We, we package those tapes. The tapes we package for you. You see, this, this package alone costs more than the tapes. But we, in the case alone, it costs more than the tapes. But we decided, we just want to let you have the tapes in a nicer way. And that's why it's, it's only 2,000 CDs. So you have all your tapes like that. We want you to be blessed. Amen. Amen. And that is you receive your counsel. Some of you, you, some of you come to church and you say, Yeah. You see, my marital problem, if only the bishop would start preaching about marriage. If only you start preaching about marriage. All my marital problems are going to be solved. But you see, sometimes the tapes are there. You can go there and say, look, what, what do you have on A, B, and C? If it's marriage, if it's this, if it's love, if it's that, you have it. If it's on prosperity, if it's on this, if it's on that. There are so many things. And even the preaching doesn't have to be on marriage before you be counseled. Learn how to hear God speaking to you. Learn how to hear God speaking to you. You see, when we say you are blessed, you look through the Bible and see how Jesus ministered to people. He didn't have to come to people's houses. He didn't have, when he met the Syrophoenician woman, and he, he came and my daughter is grievously vexed with the spirit. He said, go. And the demon was cast out by remote casting. Remote casting. In today's age of remote control, Jesus was using remote control a long time ago. That's why Jesus was so impressed with the centurion servant. The centurion, because he was able to receive. He told Jesus, don't come to my house. Don't come to my house, there's no need for you. Because I'm a man of authority. I'm the authority. I know what all this is about. Say something, it will happen. Stand there and say something. Things will begin to take place. Know how to receive from him. You may be way up over there, and the pastor will stretch his hand and say, I see you being blessed. Man, lift your hand and just take it and go home with your blessing. If you are going to wait for the day that the pastor will call you out and call your name and say, Monica, 
come here. This is what the Lord says to you. When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Learn how to receive when you are near and learn how to receive when you are far. Learn how to receive from books, tapes, even counseling. Jesus is very much interested in your business. If you don't know, I'm telling you. He has more wisdom available. I have preached so many things about business. There are businessmen who tell me that. There are businessmen who tell me that. Charlie, like you be businessman, you go make rich power. And I know if I was doing business, I would do very well if God wanted me to do business. I would do very well. Because a lot of business is also a lot of management. There are many people who have told, there are people who, who want me to advise them all the time on business. Perhaps I may not have the chance to stand with you one to one. Perhaps I may never have the chance to sit with you one to I don't even have an office. Most of the, my counseling and my meetings, we will be walking under a tree on the staircase somewhere. That is all here. Because since they bent my office, I don't have an office. Let's not start. Amen. Amen. All right. The next, I, I told you I was giving you what? Okay. Number two. Number one is what? Learn to receive from afar or from, from near. Amen. Now, the next step. Now this more has to do with those who are near. Prevent yourself from committing the sin of familiarity. Now, in a certain sense, those of you who are in this congregation, you are near. As compared to, let's say, some people in London. As compared to, let's say, the people in Kumasi. You are near. So, this sin has to do with you. Even more than others. Anybody who has a pastor who is near, you have to be aware of this. And then also, it has to do with those who are also near physically and interact more on a personal note. You understand what I'm saying? Now, this is the chief blocker. Blocker. Do you, have you heard the word blocker? Beta blockers. What are beta blockers? They are neurosympathomimetic. Sympathomimetic. They have drugs that drop the... That block the, the neurotransmission. The, the sympathomimetic neurotransmissions. Is that, is that right? All right. So, beta blockers. Your body has got nerves and various things which receive. There are things that block certain things. And so when we call them beta blockers because they block the beta sites or the beta areas. So they call them beta blockers. It prevents the thing from... From, from, from coming there. One of the, some of the antihypertensive drugs are beta blockers. They stop the transmission. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Okay. Which causes hypertension. Now, listen carefully. The greatest blocker of your blessing and the blessing of the, uh, the church, that is churches with their pastors, is this familiarity thing. Amen. Yeah. It's the greatest problem. So, 
I think that the ability to be near and not to be familiar is a great gift. <laughs> Amen. The ability to be near and not to be familiar is a great gift. I don't think everybody can do that. So some of you, the reason why God is not allowing you to be near the man of God is for your own sake. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Some of you, the reason why God is not allowing you to be near the man of God for your own sake so that you can still receive. Because perhaps when you to come closer and be near the man of God, you may not receive anymore. Amen. Amen. Now, is it because the man of God is doing anything wrong? Or is it because the man of God is committing any sin? No. Not necessarily. But it is because it is a natural deterioration of every close relationship. That is why you see beloveds walking together, chatting, hi, this and that and that, moving. Then when they marry, you see them in the house. And this one comes in and does not even notice that this one has come in. You understand what I'm saying? Whereas before, before you were waiting for him to come to visit you. You were waiting, but now he comes home and it's like, have you come? If you've come, fine. We are busy here. It is because familiarity breeds contempt, as they say. It's not in the Bible, but it's true. But familiarity leads to a gradual deterioration. That is why, for instance, I'm very happy to relate with some of the people I've been able to relate with the way I've related. It made me okay. I immediately knew that I was being blessed from afar. And that perhaps it's good that I'm being blessed from afar. Amen. 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 Now, Jesus Christ experienced this all the time. And I realize that I experience it. Sometimes I preach in church. Sometimes I tell you, look, when I say amen, say at least amen. You understand what I'm saying? Because at a point, you, you, you just wonder. There are some places that I, I don't have to start preaching before they clap. Even when I enter the room, they will start clapping. That I, The human being has come. Not that he has, he has preached. The human being has come to the place. <laughs> but you see, it is, it is, you are so used to the person. You're so used to the person. Were I to die now, you people will see that, Charlie, hey, we had something in our midst, but maybe we didn't even know it. But now that it's gone, you know, everybody can say, oh, Charlie, this and that, all oh, this, all oh, that, all oh, this, all oh, that. So familiarity is something you have to fight against in yourself and in your spirit. Otherwise, you will prevent yourself from being destroyed you prevent yourself from you pre otherwise you will you will get yourself destroyed otherwise you will not receive what you ought to receive Luke chapter 4 you know the story isn't it you all know where I'm going to read do you know how many don't know okay Luke chapter 4 and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into where? Into where? Are you with me? 
Luke 4, verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Now, next time you go to Israel, how many are going to go to Israel one day? Lift up your hand if you are going to go to Israel one day, please. Father, let it be so. Those who have raised their hand, let them enter the air. <laughs> we are going to have tours, tours. Amen. We will, we will hire a plane and just fly there. All right. So now, the next time you go to Israel, you'll find out when you land, you land at Tel Aviv airport, Jerusalem is like, it's like Winneba. It's just 30 minutes, only that there's a road. The difference is that there's a good road between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Now, from Jerusalem to Galilee, it's about three hours drive. It's far, far. You see, now Jerusalem and Nazareth and so on, when I was in Jerusalem, I was able to go to Bethlehem, and all these places, because it's all in the same. I had a taxi driver who took me around all these places. But Galilee was far. We had to travel, and I really wanted to go there because, you know, the Sea of Galilee, that's where Jesus walked on the water and all those things. I couldn't go there. But you realize that Jesus moved far from Jerusalem. And, you know, three hours drive is, like I said, 200 kilometers maybe. So he, he went far from his, his home. <laughs> His own people were some way. You get it? So he went to Galilee and he was glorified of all. Then he came to Nazareth, which is now in Palestinian control, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, that is, as he had been doing preaching and the word has been working, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He started by preaching that he's anointed. One day the Lord told me that whenever you go to a place and the place is difficult, you have to preach about the anointing. Otherwise, you will not have a flow at all. So this is the only place you see Jesus preaching about the anointing. Other places he preached about love, gave it shall be given unto you. And after that, he did so many miracles. But this place he spoke about the anointing because he had to break through in this place. <laughs> So he, he, he preached about the anointing. He, he said, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So he was saying, brokenhearted, today you are going to be free. To preach deliverance to the captives. Captives, you are free. Recovering of sight to the blind. Set at liberty, them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in synagogue were fasting on him. And Jesus immediately changed his sermon. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled. No, he preached in your years. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. Then they said, is this not Joseph's son? <laughs> you see, they, they, were, they were receiving out to a point then, is this not Joseph's son? Then Jesus also, at the end of the sermon, changed the whole message into a facing message. And he faced them. And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. I have felt this thing before. I have been to places. One day I told the pastor after, I told him that, you see, when I came here to preach, I felt that, the con that you, the pastors, and the congregation were saying that the things, the miracles and others that you have done at 
uh, the cathedral and other places. Do here for us to see. I told them, I said, I felt this same thing before. And after I discussed with them and they realized that it was true. You see, these things are spiritual. There are times that I've, had, I've been ministering and, and I can sense the, either familiarity, I don't know what, there are times I've had to meet with pastors and talk to them. That times I had to talk to people that are close and say, listen, you've got to jump out of this thing and open your spirit to receive. He says, surely you will say to me this proverb, what you have done, do. We are all here, perform. And he said, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Then he goes on, for I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout the land. But none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta. And many lepers, blah, 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 blah. Verse 28, and they all in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath. And they rose up, others were receiving all. These people rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill. Can you imagine? They took the pastor out of the church. All of them to the, to the, the hill and were going to throw him out. And look at what Jesus did. And that they might cast him down headlong. Man. I said, man. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. He ran away. Okay, turn to Mark chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke. You see it even clearer there. Mark chapter 6. And he went out from them and came into his own country once again. His own church. His own people. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing were astonished. It's like, hey. From whence has this man these things? <laughs> what wisdom is, the, is this which is given unto him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. And here they go, on to ex, they go into detail. It's not this the carpenter's son. The carp, it's not this the carpenter. Not that the carpenter's son, but the carpenter. Because Jesus was a carpenter. He said, is this not the son of Mary? Now, when you say the son of Mary, you are, in, you are almost insulting Christ. Because you are saying that we don't know your father. Who is your father? Your father is a questionable person. We are not sure who fathered, who is your father. One day I heard somebody in a film insulting somebody and he told the person, you are the son of a thousand fathers. So when you tell somebody you are the son of a thousand fathers, we are saying that we are not sure which one is actually your father. It's very serious. So when they said you are the son of Mary, it's a big question mark as to who was really the father. And Jesus never spoke about that aspect of his life. Amen. Are not these his sisters? The brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, are not these his sisters? Here with us. And they were offended. And Jesus said unto them, prophet is not without honor, but his own country. Verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work. Now let, let me tell you something. This is something that you must try to avoid as a church. Amen. Because you see, there are times that I, as well as the pastor, do you know that there are many pastors that have ended up in their ministry, they, they are just hurt. They are bitter. Some leave their congregation. Some resign. Some go elsewhere. It's one of the common things. I sat in a, uh, in a restaurant some years ago with a pastor who told me, 
you know, I was overseeing, I started, I founded a church and have 30 branches. And he said, now I'm into administration. He's, he's, he's gone into business uh, administration and this type of internet business. You know? I said, wow. Let me give you about 10 or 20 signs of familiarity. Number one. Now, when I give you the sign, I'll explain to you why it's a sign. Number one. How many believe you are, you are free from the sin of familiarity? How many are not sure? <laughs> you see, like I'm saying that this church, compared to other churches, you get it, you have the chance to be familiar with your pastor. You get it? It is, it is a common thing. And I'm saying that make sure that God delivers you from, from that so that you can get the clear water that God is bringing to you. Are you listening to me? Number one, not coming to church every Sunday. <laughs> now, let, let me explain to you why. How many would come to church on Sunday if you were told that Jesus was coming to church? Everybody. Is that not so? How many will come to church? Now, how many have noticed when we were having Tuesday, some of the Tuesday services, that when we had a special visitor, a lot more people came to church? Why didn't so many people come to church on the normal Tuesday? No, you tell me. Somebody should give me a mic. You are acting very some way. How do you know why, 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 why did people come to church more on the Tuesday when a visitor was coming? He's a new face. And what else? A new anointing. New anointing. So the old anointing. They're like, oh, Bishop is coming with this old anointing. We are used to this anointing. And what else? They want to see new things, something that they haven't they seen. They haven't seen. Before. So it's like the old guy is coming. We know what he's going to say. He's been saying it every week. The same old thing. He's going to tell us this and that. And is that also? Look at what they said. So when you don't come to church every week, you see, or regularly, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't really need to be there. Today I'll come. I remember when I went for a program, I went for a convention. There was a program every day. I wanted to be there every day, morning and evening. When I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we spoke to the principal of the Bible school. And he was saying that he was, he was having to talk to the Bible students. 1,400 of them were saying that they were having a convention. And he said that some of them would not come to the service. And he was saying, in Tulsa, he was saying that, and he said that it's very serious. He said, you have a great prophet of God, that is Papa Hagen, ministry. And you have people coming from all over the world to come and hear him. And you, you are here. You won't come to the service. And he said, we are going to deal with that thing after the convention. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not like a special problem here or there or wherever. But it's, it's that, and if you don't kill that thing, 
That's why I'm telling I'm teaching you how to relate with your pastor. And that's why I'm showing you signs of familiarity. You see, you are used to it. Number two, yawning during preaching. <laughs> yawning during preaching. Now, why do we yawn? Why do we yawn? We are bored. Yawning, what a, is, is yawning a sign of tiredness or boredom? Both. You see, yawning, yawning is a sign of tiredness and boredom. Hunger? Does hunger make people yawn? No, I don't think I agree with that. How many say that hunger brings you uh, makes people yawn? Hey. This is the first time I've heard of this. Anyway, one of the reasons why people yawn is they are bored. And, they, and, and you get bored when, when something is monotonous. And when something is monotonous, it means the same thing. So it's like sometimes you start preaching. As soon as you start preaching, it's like at the back of your mind, you're not even aware of it. Ah, here we go again. We are going to start. <sighs> and then you just have a nice yawn. And there are some people who are very good at yawning. And I pray that one day a collegon of fly will enter your mouth and you stop those big yawns in the church. So you notice people as you start to preach. And some people have very big yawns. Man. And it is a sign of familiarity. They are used to you. And you know, as a pastor who preaches, I will tell you the preach the, the yawns start at the beginning of the sermon. They don't, they don't come at the end. Most of the yawns of the familiar people, so maybe if you like, you can write early yawning. You see, early yawning during preaching is one of the signs of, because it's like as soon as he stands up to preach, <laughs> it's like, Charlie, we are tired. So early yawning is a sign. It's one of the signs of familiarity. And, and, and let me tell you something. If you are a yawner, in fact, you must cure yourself. Amen. 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 Number three, perpetually sitting at the back. Ah, let, me, let me ask you. Let's be honest. If Benny Hinn was coming to church, I told you that Benihim was coming to church next Sunday. How many would like to be outside? Or way at the back? Wouldn't you want to come nearer? Huh? Yeah. So when you have people who make themselves backbenchers, 
and they just sit there and they just decide to be there permanently it's like whatever is going on you know as for me i'm okay at the back not that you came late or there was no space but me i just want to be far away those who are eager want to i went to kenneth higgins uh, convention i mean i wanted to be near the phone i i negotiated with ashes I made, I made friends with Ashes. I told, one day I was negotiating, negotiating with one of them. I told the Ashes that, look, you know where I have come from? I told him that, listen, I have come from very far. Very, very, I cannot go upstairs to be far away. I said, I need to. I told him I have come from thousands of miles away, Africa. I do know how much it cost me to be here. I need to be near. I negotiated with the guy. The guy looked at me and said, you, you wait. I'll, I'll sort you out. <laughs> And he sorted me out. I never sat at any far place. I wanted to be near. I went because there are times that Papa Hagen will be preaching. He'll be, he'll be walking around. I remember one time he came. He was preaching. I was sitting right on the second row. And he came to stand there. I said, man, I was happy. <laughs> so even, even where you sit, you see, it shows some kind of tiredness in the whole coming to church. Uh, you even to come is a problem. Then the coming that you've come, Christ, like tired being, it's like anywhere just to let them get over with the whole service. But there are others where they to come to the church say, man, we've heard about the church. We want to be here. They will come and sit in the front. They want to be near. Deliver yourself from the sin. And let me tell you, anybody who is familiar is cut off. It's cut off. It's cut off from blessings. It's, I'm telling you. You're cut off. You are, you are just disconnected. When I went to, once I was, I was listening to Papa Hagen preach, he said, oh, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've realized a lot of things that I've been doing wrong in the last one year or last two years. And I was surprised. I said, what, has, what wrong thing has he done? He spoke about one of his students who was facing him on something and this and that and that. Various things. I said, man, it's like everywhere there are people who can be familiar. Somebody who told uh, Archbishop Idahosa before he died that you deserve to be slapped. I look at all this. I said, man, it's wonderful. But through that man, many people are blessed. And people are carrying anointing. We'll continue next week. Stand up. Let's... <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your will as you establish us in your house. Keep your people, Lord, in the perfect path of righteousness for your name's sake. In Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, if somebody invited you to church, you are here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to God today. Maybe you don't know Jesus. If you die tomorrow, this afternoon, tomorrow evening, will you go to heaven or hell? You don't even know. If you are here like that and you want me to pray with you, you want to give your life to God today, lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you as we close. Just lift up your right hand very quickly, please. Thank you. Lift it up high so I can see. Thank you. Upstairs, I see your hands at the back, on the side, wherever you are. God bless you. Lift it up high. Give your life to God. Don't think about anybody. Make a move today and God will bless you. As your hands are lifted up, if you lift your hands up, I want you to come to me in the front here. Come from where you are standing. Come from where you are standing. Come from upstairs. Come from the back. 
Come from the side, from wherever you are. Come from wherever you are standing. Hallelujah. All right. Let's pray. Say this prayer with me. Those coming from upstairs, come quickly. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Close your eyes. Lord Jesus, I repent. I accept you as my Savior. Dear Father, from today, I will follow you and serve you. Please forgive me for all my sins. I accept Jesus. I receive Jesus as my personal Savior. From today, I will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.